Welcome to the Midcast, presented by the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each month we will look at some of the key issues for mission in Scotland today. We'll bring you experienced voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the mission of the church in Scotland. Hi there and welcome along to the Midcast. My name's Glenn Innes, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to download this month's episode. I'm really excited to share this interview with you. It's an opportunity for us to learn from a real practitioner, someone who has literally been at the coalface of pioneering in Scotland over the last number of years. We have Lynn Alexander today. Lynn has had a number of different roles, as you'll hear, but right now she's working with an organisation that she started called Family Tree, which is a community of faith on the south side of Glasgow. I hope you'll hear much in here that will inspire your imagination and spark you towards thinking what you might be able to do in your community. Hope you enjoy this interview. So, Lynn, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us a bit of your story. Where, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Bit of a mixed one. I was born in Edinburgh, but then I lived in Wales near Cardiff till I was eight. And then I came back to Glasgow. And so apart from some years in Edinburgh, uh, which might come up later, I've been in Glasgow since I was mid-primary school. Ah, so a couple of years, it's fair to say. A couple of years in Glasgow, just a few, just a just few. Just a few, brilliant. Um, my brilliant. significance growing up years were in Glasgow. Great. And did you grow up in the church? Um, not not really. I, I was taken to Sunday school, probably a story similar to many people. I was taken to Sunday school when I was a little girl in Wales and in primary school in Glasgow. Um, my mum sang in the choir, but like many um, primary schoolies children, probably um, we stopped being made to go and my mum stopped going to church. So um, no, I didn't um, really attend church until I'd met somebody at a, a party when I was a mid-teenager who... Um, encouraged me to come and see what what was all all about. They were getting baptised on Easter Sunday. Um, this is in the mid eighties, and I went along to their baptism, and it was something that just blew me apart. When I realised that this was really personal and really real, I started to ask the Lord to direct my life after seeing Iris being baptised. So that's the mid eighties, uh, and then presumably you've grown up a bit. Then I do know you're married and you've got kids. And then you went into ministry. So what was what's the kind of time frame for all that sort of stuff? How did that work out? Yeah, I I had a couple of careers um, in social work and research. I was also once upon a time a graduate trainee manager with the Royal Bank of Scotland. But I went into teaching in the mid nineties and um, quite happily existing as a secondary teacher. Always been involved in lots of youth work. Um, was probably fair to say not that keen on becoming a mum myself uh, that's another long story which I won't kind of go into but by the time my second child came along I was a job share secondary teacher and Edwin Gunn many people might share this kind of story but was preaching about the Lord calling people to ministry and I literally sat in a Sunday evening service and heard the Lord saying to me that he was calling me um, to work primarily with younger people that's what I heard him, him say and so I just made myself accountable straight away obviously there were folks who said come and talk to us come and chat this through we'll pray with you and just shortly afterwards probably took about six months to kind of outwork 
leaving teaching was a wrench, I have to be honest. And I went on to the staff of Queen's Park Baptist Church um, late 2003, Christmas time, 2004, New Year 2004. And I served there for five years as a children's pastor. And then I was called to work in Morningside Baptist Church um, in a much larger, wider role. Um, and so I oversaw lots and lots of things to do with children and families and, and prayer and a lot to do with, um, I guess, some of the adventures we were having as a church in bringing um, more of a community-focused approach to the activities that we were doing at the hub of Holy Corner, which some of your listeners will know about. So I worked there until late 2011 mid-2011. You know, that all sounds like lots of youth and families and children stuff, and it sounds like that's where a bunch of your training has been, but you're not in that kind of role now. So what is it exactly that you're up to as of the moment? Yeah, so I should mention those years of those two churches, I undertook a a BA Theology at ICC. Mm -hmm. I did do some specialisms there in children family ministry, but I wanted to make sure that I was focused on a bit of all-round theology. So it was a BA um, in theology that I did. Um, Then I went on sabbatical. I really took six months out from everything to write a book. But actually, as part of that, um, writing the book, I really was digging into what, what the whole concept of family looked like in the Bible. All ages, people of all ages who were about seeing the world change, so I, oh, I loved looking back at those days, actually, but going really deep in some of the things I come across in Bible college to really research and write. And now I can see that while in some ways some of the book was charting what had happened in both Queen's Park and Morningside, now I look back and I see that actually what I was writing was a bit of a blueprint for what I'm doing now. Who would know, you know, that the creative God would take me on a journey to something that was so relative, so relative today. So I began to really think when I, I, I'd come out then of working, if you like, for church at the centre, where it was come to all the things that we're doing. And when I finished that process of writing, um, I was involved in just how can I help saying to a number of churches and individuals, my own base at that point um, was East Mains Baptist, but what can we do? How can we serve? How can we help in any kind of outward focus practice? So I began to run some alpha courses um, in High Flats. So I ran two um, at the invitation of a secular project called Greater Pollock Integration Network. Um, met Jim Purvis's wife in the course of that. We had a chat when I was doing that. But, so listen, uh, i tell you what, pause there yeah. a second. I, I, but just, I, I'm going to jump in and be rude and interrupt you because you said something oh, yeah. interesting there. So you were running Alpha at the invite of a secular organisation in some of the high flats on the south side of Glasgow. Is that right? Yes, yes. And so, so tell me a little bit about that just for, as a bit of a sideline because that, that sounds like a really significant kind of missional event. So there, there was a Christian who was a full-time paid employee, um, and she um, is married to a church Scotland minister. She really wanted to see Alpha in this project to give people, in her words, a bit of hope. But as you'll probably know, to do anything like that for a secular project, any activity in a community centre, for example, usually you have to give an outline of your organ of what you're going to be doing to 
the board committee of management, board of management. So um, that was discussed at the board of management. And I remember the exact words that were reported back to me were this. Anything that gives some of our folks hope has got to be a good thing. And so with great joy, we got the thumbs up uh, and we ran two alpha courses. We fed 14 people in a community flat. So it was quite small, but it was two flats knocked into one. And lots of our churches in the donation helped to fund that. Um, so it was fantastic, easy to run. So, and there's, there's a real encouragement there, right? I think sometimes we are hesitant in the church in Scotland to engage with outside partners, thinking that they're going to reject what we've got. But those words there, you know, anything that's going to bring hope has to be a good idea, really does open a lot of doors for us. Yeah. Um, and, and we shouldn't be so timid with that. Is, that. is that a fair comment, given your experience in that particular circumstance? Yes, I would probably mention that I also ran this Alpha course in partnership with the local Church of Scotland mm. because, um, again, people might know this, Carmordric Parish Church has had uh, a, an influence, a standing in the community for many, many years. Mm. And because I've, I've learned a missional practice that you go low, I've learned a missional practice that you say, how could we work together to serve this community? And so I invited Graham, the minister, who has has to be fair to say wasn't a super fan of Alpha, but he was like, yeah, let's give it a go. What a, what a servant-hearted man, washing the dishes every week. So I think actually the fact that we showed we were doing something with others really helped that charity um, who received kind of Glasgow City Council funding. So they didn't fund us in any way, yeah. but they gave me a key to the building. So <laughs> you know, there was, was favour, there was yeah. trust. Yeah, Yeah, that's a significant word, isn't it? Favour and trust. Those are really significant. So, sorry, I interrupted you. You were you were telling us your your story. So you 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 got to the point of of doing this in in these high flats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just mentioned these mains were fantastic as well. People, you know, cooked or dropped things off for us as well, which was great. So that that finished after a couple of alpha courses. I then ran Pete Gregg's prayer course as a follow up. Um, so that then that probably took us to like maybe a, a year and a half of having a bunch of people who were either new to faith and come right through to faith, or who were most definitely exploring faith. So that being around a table, which I know you and I have spoken out before, that that sitting and eating together, that sense of being on a journey together I was then sort of thinking what do I do next so I remember speaking with Jim and Mark at at East Mains talking with the folk that were coming and realizing where do these folks go now that they've come to faith took them along which obviously was the local church Scotland minister's hope to the services there and um, he was really honest that it wasn't an experience that was like that which they had had at Alpha, um, you know, no meal and much more formal and not so friendly, um, although he was amazing. So with his blessing um, and with talking this through with a number of people who I really hold and respect well, um, I had a sort of one-page A4 rationale. What would it look like to gather these folks on a Sunday afternoon um, in some kind of informal setting and yet something that was entirely focused 
on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I realized that really I was looking at um, a centered set model of gathering, which I guess you're going to ask me about in just a minute. Well, well, you, I mean, I, I know what you mean by that, but quickly just explain what you mean by that in case anyone listening hasn't come across that language of centered set before. Okay. Well, throughout the Alpha course, as many listeners will know, you, we are focused on um, the person of Jesus Christ and people are exploring how they can uh, find out more about having a relationship with him by being able to ask anything. So I wanted to take that similar experience to uh, so an afternoon because these were folks that were never going to come out in the morning. Um, I think to this day, we have very few people who are actually in full-time work, who are working, who are part of what is now known as Family Tree. Um, being up and out and early on a Sunday or any day of the week is not them. And so the minute that we make that our parameter, we actually are putting a set of, of boundaries, I guess, gates mm-hmm. in how to belong. So to take that apart, a centred set just allows people to focus on finding out more about who Jesus is. We are not putting hoops that they have to get through to belong. So the idea is that Jesus is at the centre of that set, drawing people in. There aren't boundaries keeping a group of folk in. So Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, you've got to dress this way, you've got to think these particular things. It's the removal of those things to try and make Jesus a Jesus as accessible as possible is that absolutely yeah absolutely and although one criticism can be that is it not just a wee bit kind of soft and fluffy and you know your parameters are not they're all you know but we 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 preach Christ Jesus can I just say that and you'll you'll know in terms of those who've come through to faith and been baptized that that is the case so there is frequent um what might what might be an invita- invitation and challenge obviously from the Lord Jesus himself you know uh, come follow me hmm. so I'll make you fishers but there was that there's that call regularly in family tree to enter into a personal and deep relationship with the Lord Jesus and our tagline belonging and believing I think kind of says it all um, so that was it took I will just say it took probably quite a long time of sifting of talking um, with other leaders of I think sometimes a little bit unfair that pioneers get a bit of a label of being these kind of rogue lone rangers. That was most certainly not my case at all. Um, and in fact, we had um, hands laid on us and we were sent out uh, from uh, East Mains Baptist that's brilliant. to set up Family Tree. So, yeah, let, let's just pause on that a second as well. That's probably quite interesting for us to just poke, poke at a little. Um, so... One of the challenges with someone wanting to do church differently is the idea that we are inherently critiquing uh, anyone who's not doing church differently. And so therefore we must be a rogue operative or a rebel or uh, just someone who enjoys stirring trouble. Um, and and for sure there have been those who've gone down that route, right? But... Um, you mentioned there that you ultimately were sent out by East Mains. Could you maybe mention just a little bit about how how you got from this one page, this is what we want to do, it's very different, to East Mains saying, well, actually, we'll lay hands on you and, and, and I guess, commission you uh, to go do this? Because that seems to me really critical for mm. the church 
as people come along and say, I've got this crazy idea to do some crazy thing that I think God's asking me to do, that it remains somewhat connected to the, the wider church. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think fundamental is one now who people come to to ask if they have crazy ideas. The fundamental thing is, is that person in good relationship and in good standing with those around them. Because actually we could probably defer a little bit more to the crazy idea spectrum, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, the Church of Scotland are looking at some pretty wacky things to do pioneer-wise right now. So that's just as a wee kind of to the side. Um, I also should probably say that just following some wise advice and just that thing where you're not 21 anymore, I really um, had some quite... I'd learned to just put some tighter circles of accountability kind of in my life. So I've been in, I know some people are maybe not so familiar with the phrase, but I've been in a, a leadership huddle. So I've been connected with um, 3DM or now some of your listeners may know that as Cairn. So I meet once a month for accountability coaching. I myself coach others in a similar way. But um, I'm also part of the Forge Network. I co-lead that with Alan McWilliam in Glasgow. So um, with my own local fellowship and with a couple of other key leaders, I began to pray through. We gathered folk in our house who were interested in the idea of family tree. When I say folk, I'm talking four or five or six people who were all also in Baptist churches. Um, yeah. And so we... We prayed and met together for about six months. Um, I am not um, a fast mover on things of <laughs> structural change. It takes me a little while of processing, um, and others' advice is really important to me. So what I did in regards to these mains is I wrote out the rationale for Family Tree. The leadership team of 12 men and women at that point just read it, prayed it through, um, they had affirmed a call to ministry and they, um, I, I, I really said, do you guys want me to do this in the East Kilbride context in any way? So I kind of submitted the idea of an intergenerational afternoon gathering to East Mains for whom it, it wasn't for them at that time, but we're absolutely delighted. I should mention, I, I don't live in the town of East Kilbride. So that probably um, makes a little bit of sense. We run Family Tree about a quarter of a mile from our house. So um, that has been something. I wasn't asking for money or resources. I wasn't taking people from East Mains. Um, and so it was simply um, the guys there um, acknowledging that there was, there was I had something I think would be um, words that were used at the time. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so we have, I was part of the preaching team, so it's probably worth mentioning at that point that um, I, I was and still tell the stories of what's happening at Family Tree within the East Mains Baptist Church family. And just in June, we were Family Tree at East Mains to hold our first baptismal service. Okay, that's really helpful. I, um, I think people will enjoy hearing just that connection and, and and if i can just pick out a couple of the words that you used there one was about relationship that seems that that's really key um i don't know if you use the word but i'll use it a, a, a posture of humility as you submitted this to those 
people. I know you did use the word submission. Um, I, I, and and then I, I guess from their side of things, a, a releasing uh, that that comes and and those three things seem really key if we're going to try and hold. I was going to say hold them in tension. It's not tension, but if if new things are going to be birthed and given uh, given wings out of the I, I guess the legacy church, then that those things are going to be really really critical. So. That's actually a really helpful insight, I think, for lots of people. To your story again, sorry, I'll, I'll, I will eventually stop taking you on little detours. You got Family Tree up and running. I, I mean, I guess the first question is, um, why Family Tree? Well, it seems a strange name. Where'd that come from? Yeah, this is where I wish I could show the logo. Where did it come from? We'll stick um, the logo. We can put a li- we'll put an image of the logo at the bottom of this uh, podcast so people can, uh, if you want to talk to it, feel free to do so. Well, that would be fantastic. Um, and I'm afraid it does, it's going to sound like a bit of a super spiritual answer, but it's true and I'm not going to lie. Um, the Lord speaks in all kinds of ways. Obviously we have, we have scripture, but um, one night I couldn't sleep and just felt just rolling around in me that sense of there's more people to hear, there's more people to hear. How will they know? How will they know unless somebody tells them? You know, really um, just the sense of kind of the call and the the heavy burden of God. And he just showed me a picture of a tree that also had the look of um, uh, the cross, even the colours, even down to the colours that I saw in the picture that were the image. So I I got up and I started just to intercede um, for the city um, for those who would come to faith through Family Tree, I'm not an, I'm not a drawer. Attempts to draw down the image that I saw, and the very next day, I'm never so fast moving. I can't believe I actually did this. The very next day, I contacted a graphic artist who is not a Christian, and I described what I saw to her, and she uh, did a logo, sent it back to me, and then said, "You know, if I was into going to church." What you've described is something I think I would quite like to be part of. And I think for me, that felt like a confirmation that something had genuinely spoken uh, to me in the middle of the night. It was about 1.32 in the morning, um, something of, of the Spirit of God communing with us in the present day um, of something that was on God's heart. So that logo that you see, that's where it came from. So, yeah. so what what exactly is Family Tree? If, if somebody asked you to describe it in... A couple of sentences. Yeah, so we usually say that we are um, a, a fresh expression or a, a pilot form. No, I should probably drop the word pilot, to be honest, because we are four years old in May. Oh, but well we done. are a fresh expression of church in that we don't meet in the morning. We're fairly short and focused in our time. And we are adults and children together. So, um, and I want to just give a wee kind of head nod here to the Baptist College. In 2012, I undertook a postgraduate class in Baptist identity. And so I was quite clear as the wee picture of the logo and how that one page of A4 came pouring out that night. Um, I was quite clear that we would be Baptistic, that we would, um, and actually all of these things have happened, that we'd be able to celebrate the Lord's Supper, we'd baptize, we'd make disciples, we would, um, you know, teach and instruct children and young people. So I was very clear, and obviously got some advice from those around me, that we should set up from the very beginning for growth. 
So not set up, for example, in just a finite house group style, you know, we'll do a Bible study. It'll really only be Christians that come. Um, we were quite clear that we would take, um, and this probably is helpful to think of, is the triangle that many of your listeners will know where all our activities, we just we divide them into either up, in or out, depending on whether they're um, God-focused in terms of our, our sung worship, our intercession, whether they're in in terms of having fellowship with one another, um, exhorting and encouraging one another, whether they're outward-focused. So family tree from the beginning would encompass all areas of up, in and out in everything we did we made quite a few mistakes on the way, but that, that was our intention yeah, in, yeah, year, yeah. in year one. Great. So could you describe a, a Sunday morning? Uh, you, you do get or a Sunday afternoon. Could you describe your, your kind of main gathering point and then maybe tell us about anything else that you get up to as a community together? Sure, sure. And I'll, I'll try and succinct. So we... We have just changed our pattern, but we've had um, three and a half years of every Sunday afternoon. Um, now, we would meet at 3.30 for tea and coffee, cakes. Sometimes we serve soup at that point when it was winters. And we've experimented a few things, um, but there's usually some kind of eating and it's around tables. Um, and then we have some kind of icebreaker family news time, very similar to what St. Ninian's Church does actually in Stirling. Um, we have some sung worship, um, but that will be fairly short. Again, remember, we're all ages together and we've recently had sort of a massive multiplication of children, um, which changes the dynamic entirely. And for many years, we had very few children. It's very interesting. And then we um, have a teaching point. Now, that will be highly visual. I'm quite influenced by LICC's course I did a few years ago in preaching for the 21st century. So it may take the form of storytelling, um, but it's it's short. It's 10, 15 minutes. So like the kind of all-age services I used to do, uh, particularly in Edinburgh, uh, is to take some kind of beefy or chunky theological point, but to unpack that for all ages. Now, sometimes, for example, we're going through the book of 1 Corinthians just now. So sometimes, because we have this flexibility, we will separate into children and adults because, um, uh, as you'll you'll know, some of the passages are not so relevant. First um, Corinthians chapter five and six. So yeah. we will separate out because we've got that flexibility. We'll do heads in a circle and have what we call take ten. So we'll take the kids that are younger um, away, and because myself, my husband, one of other leaders, highly happy and trained in all aspects of children's spirituality, we love doing that. That's like great. Yeah, I can do that this week. So generally we are all together. Then our response time, um, which could then be another 10 to 15 minutes. It could be something creative. It could be um, very, they're usually fairly active, I have to say. So some kind of activation, getting up and either doing something or praying for one another. Sometimes we just simply, we sit still and we invite people to maybe chew over or meditate over what's spoken to them and to get right with God. Um, we offer prayer ministry, but that wouldn't be as an add-on afterwards. That would be right there and then. Um, and then we often have this change of focus then to the kids are playing football or the adults are um, chatting away. So we're actually really focused in our time. 
because we have to be out of the building by about quarter to five. So you asked what else we do. Um, I said we'd made lots of mistakes. After about a year, um, one of my kind of mentors said, so how's your discipleship life going? I was like, oh, yeah, that. So um, about two years ago, we started what we call Rooted. Um, And so we meet every second Wednesday for kind of digging into the Bible a little bit. We've recently been looking at wellness and wholeness, which is really, really needed um, because a lot of our folks, as we all are, have have brokenness and areas of of health and, and, and struggling a little bit with being well in every sense. So we've been looking at biblical meditation and um, really helping folks to get into scripture. Interesting development is we've now got quite a number, we've now got a few young teenagers. So actually that, that will take us up to enough to do discipleship with the young people at the same time, which is something, again, I have been doing in Edinburgh and Glasgow. So, so teach children how to change their kind of thought patterns and, you know, be witnesses and not just exist as people of faith in school. So that's an interesting development, just hot off the press for you there. Brilliant. Um, we're rapidly running out of time here. Um, let me let me just pitch a couple of quick questions to you then and see if we can get some rapid-fire answers. I realise these aren't really rapid-fire questions. So, okay. um, In what ways have you found doing church differently, which you're definitely doing, uh, to be effective from a mission point of view. Yeah, and uh, I, I omitted to say something very important to your last question, but I can bring it in here. On you go. Once every four weeks, we are out of the building in some way. Ah, okay. So that is, um, we've set up rhythms and patterns, so that's one of our rhythms or patterns. So, for example, this week it was a, a quiz night that people could invite friends to, but it's often prayer walking, giving things away. So the best thing, seeing people come to faith, seeing people call Family Tree their church, um, and they recognising for us that they are on a journey with that. So, you know, they're, they call it... I mean, one day we had an outdoor education session in the park, so of course people are like, what are they doing? What are they up to? And a chap who had not had an experience of, of family that would go and do stuff outdoors when he was wee. He actually then posted on his Facebook a picture the next day of the kind of stuff we were doing, hammocks and so on in Pollock Park. And he was like, this is the best church ever. And then um, he was like, family tree in the park. And those are the things that are just the best. He would never experience that, um, I don't think, any other way had he not come across us through that alpha so those are some of the best things in a nutshell Brilliant. and uh, and it has been effective right i mean people are getting saved at family tree right yeah yeah and find yeah. Uh, and maybe more importantly finding a place to belong as they explore faith yeah probably four or five a year so we you know we're up to about 25 we started with five so nobody comes from another church except one family who are scaffold and they bring their little children they go to a church in Scotland and they are really kind of excited about the idea of their children being discipled by people of all ages so everyone else um, bar one 
uh, and ourselves as a family and that other family is new to faith or used to go to church and stopped going maybe five, six, seven, ten years ago, nearly all because probably just struggled to feel that they belonged. Different health issues without kind of saying too much, yep. but I think that's interesting. I think the de-church side is quite interesting yeah. as well. I, there's a whole podcast on that sometime, I think, on the whole de-church thing. Um, so, so it works, which, you know, like that's not... That's not to say, you know, therefore, this is the most amazing thing ever. But but I do think sometimes uh, those that are pioneering uh, are often asked the question, you know, like, well, does it work? And, and I, I mean, I, I don't know if you'd use the language, but I'm perfectly happy to use it for you, that this is a really successful expression of mission uh, in Glasgow. And it, I, I love it. It's brilliant. You're doing great work there. We'll just finish, well, we won't finish with this question, but this question and then one more. Um, what has been the most difficult thing about doing church this way? Wow. Discipling folks who have struggled with dysfunctional family backgrounds. At one point, all the children associated with Family Tree Church were in care. Um, has, um, has its difficulties it's easier to disciple, dare I say, kind of well-behaved middle-class people, dare I say that, but to actually make disciples of Jesus Christ where you love without ceasing, where you absolutely give yourself away even when it feels like it's not reciprocated. One of the biggest discipleship um, successes we see first, and this blows my mind, Glenn, and I, I guess for many listeners it would never occur is when somebody says thank you for something is when a woman who she came to faith in november puts five pounds in to uh, a wee bowl saying i just keep getting fed here and i just felt it was time that i gave something back you know not just the widow's mite there but just the whole transformation of something internal in her internal life um the, it's the Zacchaeus, you. right his joy at jesus coming to his table right yeah. So um, it's it's tough. We've um, had, I, I think as well, what is tough is suspicion from people within, you know, your standard kind of Sunday morning church. We have never had that at East Mains Baptist. Um, but I, I know we had a, a, we have had folk who had been interested, interested in come along, but just felt that maybe their church leader wouldn't like them coming to help. We, we don't clash with anyone else's time and there have been a few times where we have been desperate for others to help disciple and um, so that that has been tough at times is perhaps people being a wee bit suspicious there you know there's so no need because there's such a harvest of folks who are loving longing to be loved within our cities and in our countryside that it's all hands on deck is right. what I would say brilliant so we'll finish with this question lynn what's next uh, for you, for family tree uh, and for you okay our major next is that we are looking for shopfront premises um to take us out of the community hall of Shaw's methodist church we can't store anything there so we're looking for something that we could rent now we have no income <laughs> at all um but actually you know, the Lord's provided. We're very low cost. It's just that when you move into the, wor the world of 
um, premises, as you know, that that has all associated costs. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and uh, it really, really grateful for some quite significant gifts that have been given without being asked. We've never asked for money, um, never, never asked for money, never filled in any form. And we've got a little bit behind us. So that's that's the next thing, though I have absolutely no idea how we would fund that. For myself, I work part-time uh, as a secondary teacher. I'm in a short period of acting as a principal teacher of pastoral care. And so I don't know where that's going. Um, I would prefer to work part-time because family tree needs time. So um, And so I finish uh, this short time of full-time as the school term ends in summer. So some questions about that. So those are some practical things, um, but we feel we're on a fresh burst right now. We've moved to a Friday night for one of the Sundays. So we're on alternate Friday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday, um, because we wanted people to be able to eat together, found that it would be easier to bring their friends along. So we have a full meal every second Friday. But again, if we were in this as premises with a small kitchen, we could actually see that really easily being another alpha. We finished one at Christmas. We could see that we could roll out some family cooking lessons. There's a lot of things we feel we could do um, to continue our outward focus in the local community where we've done things with other charities and local groups around. Brilliant. Lynn, so much exciting stuff there. And listeners to the Midcast, please let me encourage you to pray for those things. But if you have oodles of money sitting around and nothing to do with it, then feel free to get in touch with Lynn and give that to her to get this up and running. Uh, or if you happen to own a shopfront premises in Shawlands and nothing better to do with it, then feel free to give Lynn a call and sort her out with that as well. That would be awesome. Um, Lynn, I'm going to let you go in just one second. I, I ask all my guests if you could, if you have a book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners. Uh do you have something? I'm not allowed to plug my own, am I? <laughs> but I have another. No, no. There's a, you can, but I'm going to charge you for it. <laughs> I have another. Um, yeah, I, actually, Children, Fathers and God, it, it is serving as a bit of a blueprint for um, discipling people of all ages, which is interesting because I never wrote it for that reason. I've actually so it's called Children, a... Families and God? Yes. Great. We'll put Just a link to that in the, in the show notes as well. Thank you. I actually picked out family in the Bible um, okay. because it has a number of, um, it's a collection of theological essays, just exploring family in its widest sense in the Bible. And, and for me, it's been really significant. I feel it's an area of theology that is underplayed when we talk about the language of family in church. But this was has been really significant in me prior to this time and going forward. Um, so the editors of that are Richard Hess and M. Daniel Carroll, family right. in the And again, you'll get you can find that in the show notes underneath. There'll be a link to the Amazon probably page for it and such like, so you can find that there. Lynn, thank you so much for your time and for putting up with me interrupting you all the time as you told your story. It's been really encouraging to hear all that's going on at Family Tree and we look forward to hearing all that God is going to keep doing there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for asking me on.
huge thank you to Lynn for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, I hope that you found that encouraging and perhaps even something in there that triggered your imagination for how you might go about doing some other things. The Mission Initiative Group will be hosting a day on innovation and in church and in mission around Scotland. That will be taking place on the 26th of November this year. Uh, so loads of notice for you. The location still to be confirmed, but we'll let you know as soon as possible. But we'd love you to come along. If you're listening to this, then you must be interested in mission in Scotland. And that's going to be a great day for us exploring together some innovative ways that are already happening and some things that we might think about for the future. Thanks again for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we would love you just to take a few seconds right now just to rate us on whatever app you're listening to us on, whether that's on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, whatever. And if you have any comments, we would love to hear from you. You can either get in touch with us through the Baptist Union website, that's scottishbaptist.com forward slash MIGCAST, or else you can get us on Twitter at BUSMIGCAST. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening to the MIGCAST. We'll be back next month with another exciting guest. For now, we are out. You've been listening to the MIGCAST, a presentation of the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland.